You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So what I'm going to be going after tonight is, is just any elements of those three, but I really believe that one of the biggest things that we wanted to bring out there was physical healing. And it's something I had never done. It was something I never, while I was out here, other than like men's prayer, other than praying for, and I, I saw my mom diagnosed with cancer, prayed for her when I first got saved. And she was, it was like false diagnosis, right? But how many know God moved? God did something. God eliminated that thing. And, uh, and so I've seen him do it, but I never did it uh, really, you know, while I was preaching and ministering. But Pastor John and uh, a few of the other pastors, Dr. Matt, they, they challenged me. They said, you got to bring this out there. And so one of the things we did was we, one of the Empower Nights, just like this in Salt Lake City, we brought people up. And we pray for him in the power of God. And, some, and I'm just doing this because I want to build some expectancy tonight. I want to let you know that God has no respect or persons. I was afraid to pray for some people to see some physical healings. And someone totally deaf in their left ear, 100% healing restored over the next several weeks. We saw people's, you know, they had sprained stuff, you know, legs, knees, tissues, ligaments, whatever it was, God healed. And it was like, wow, God, God just, all he needs is some availability. All he needs is a moment in a service to do some miracles. So we're going we're gonna to lift the standard tonight in San Marcos. We're going to lift the standard. And, uh, and our standard really should be Matthew 6, verses 9 and 10. It's the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. He's bigger than anything that you are possibly coming against tonight. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's it. Those are, that's, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. That's the standard on earth, in your life, in my life, as it is in heaven. So if anything doesn't look like heaven in your life, I believe tonight's going to shift because there are two realities that we all live with, the reality of earth and the reality of heaven, the reality of brokenness and the reality of complete, restored, healing, prosperity, fruitfulness. And when Jesus came, he bridged the fallen earth with the redeemed heaven. He bridged the two so that we can actually experience that here on this earth, here in this life. And so tonight we're gonna believe for as it is, which is heaven's reality in your life. As it is, is the message. So we're gonna look at the story of most of you who've, uh, you know, who've read your Bible know the story of blind Bartimaeus. And I really think it's a beautiful picture of what we can kind of expect when we see heaven come to earth in our life. And I believe that honestly for all of us to experience the miraculous in our lives, we go through this journey in our hearts and in our mind of these four questions. And so we're gonna journey through these four questions and I believe uh, Bartimaeus journeyed through these on his way to his miracle. So we're gonna read Mark 10, verse 46 through 52. It's a story. It said, then they came to Jericho and as he was leaving Jericho, note how he was only there for like 30 seconds. I can tell you why, been there. I, I wish we didn't even go in. <laughs> like, the Bible says, well, man is blessed. You know, well, God is blessed, no man can curse. I mean, they're trying real hard over there because the place is like, you don't want to go there. It's not a place they're going to build a resort on. For those of you who've been, you know what I'm talking about. So he went with his, he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large clown, or large crowd, a blind beggar, clown, maybe a clown. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised in Jericho. We saw some scary stuff. But he left with the blind beggar, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, because Bar means son of, so son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road, as was his custom. 
When Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, Messiah, have mercy on me. Many sternly rebuked him, telling him to keep still and be quiet. But he kept on shouting all the more, son of David, Messiah, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, telling him, take courage, get up, he is calling for you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? I believe Jesus is asking that very same question. The Holy Spirit is here asking you that question tonight. What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, my master, let me regain my sight. Pretty obvious. Jesus said to him, go, your faith and your confident trust in my power has made you well. Immediately, he regained his sight and began following Jesus on the road. So if we look at verse 46 again, if we can go all the way back to verse 46, we're gonna break this down in four questions very quickly and then I'm gonna pray for some people. It says, then they came to Jericho and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar. So obviously he was, his, his circumstance, his difficulty, his challenge, his burden, whatever you wanna call it, his, the thing in his life that was painful was he was blind, right? That's pretty obvious. I think for most of us, we know what the big thing is. We know what the thing is that we're like, God, I, I need this thing gone. God, I need this thing healed. God, I need this thing taken care of. It's obviously that he's blind. Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus was sitting beside the road as was his custom, as was his custom. He probably spent days weeks, years, sitting by the road, as was his custom, asking himself the first question, why? Why? You might be going through your day asking why. You might be driving with your three kids in the car, in traffic, on the daily, asking why. You might be arguing with your spouse again, asking why. You might be at too much month at the end of the money, asking why. You might be in pain, another bad doctor's report, asking why. You might be on the phone with a friend and you're asking why. You might be stuck in sin, you might be asking why. You might have yelled at your spouse on your way to work and then jumped on a, you know, jumped all the way to San Marcos for a prayer meeting and then, you know, repented and you're asking yourself why. And what I found that in all of this, this is normal for all of us. This is, this is the standard. This is, this is what the world would say that you just gotta live with it. But Jesus is saying, if you invite me in, as soon as I come in the picture, the question changes. As soon as I come in the picture, everything's gonna shift. And so that's all of our circumstance. We need to know that in order for us to get out of a thing, we've gotta admit a thing and say, we've got, we, we actually have a need for Jesus. Most people wanna say suck. Most people will keep Jesus out of their problem because they just think, you know, this is normal. They think there's nothing wrong with it. But repentance, the first step to actual salvation, the, per, the first step to seeing actual change in our life comes with admitting, hey, I got a need and I can't do this by myself anymore. So some of you, that's your first step tonight. Why? Verse 47 says, when Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, when Jesus enters our lives, he brings new possibilities and new perspectives. When he heard that Jesus was there, 
There was obviously rumors going around that Jesus was going around doing miracles, that Jesus was the one who was healing people, Jesus the one who was raising the dead. And as soon as he heard that Jesus was there, as soon as you got in worship tonight and felt the presence of God, you knew something was gonna shift. You knew something was gonna change. You knew you didn't have to stay the same. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, I didn't give it to the team, so it's okay. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They are yes in Christ. You see, Jesus changes our why to why not. Bartimaeus thought, why? Why, why? why am I stuck in this road? Why am I stuck begging? Why am I stuck in this place where I get spit on, where I get stomped on? Where I, why am I stuck in this thing? Why am I stuck with this marriage? Why am I stuck? And as soon as Jesus enters, and as soon as Jesus enters, and as soon as Jesus enters your life, as soon as you invite him into that pain, new possibilities. Because I can tell you there's promises of God for every single problem that you have. And so when Jesus enters the room, we go from why to why not. And once we shift our perspective from impossible to with God, all things are possible, the miraculous is actually set into motion. So Bartimaeus goes from why is this happening to Jesus is in the room, why not? Why not? Why, why not ask? Why not believe? Why not go for it? Verse 48 through 50 says, many sternly rebuked him telling him to keep still and be quiet. But he kept on shouting all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. I imagine most people aren't rebuking you for your faith, but you've got a voice in your head that keeps telling you to shut up. You got a voice in your head that keeps telling you, you just should stop believing for that thing. You should just stop raising your hand for the book of miracles. You should just stop going to prayer. Why are you even going to prayer? You haven't seen breakthrough in that area. You should just shut up. But I love what he did, he just kept shouting all the more. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, telling him, take courage, get up, he is calling for you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped up and came to Jesus. You see, I find it's often easier to believe for others than for ourselves. Because why not might be a good question for him, but not for me. I know my dysfunctions. I know my disqualifications. I haven't read my Bible in two months. I haven't been to prayer. I haven't been on the Sunday morning service. I haven't, I, I was yelling at my kids. I flipped the guy off on the way to church. Like, uh, there, God, there's no way you could actually move in my life. You, you know, I know me. But the Bible says that all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ, not in you. So if you are in Christ, meaning you have stopped putting yourself on the throne, you've said, Jesus, you're on the throne, I'm in you. Without you, I, if you're covered by the blood of Jesus, his miracles are for you, his promises are for you. And what he did was he threw his cloak aside. Now, if you know anything about that time in Israel, the cloak was a special cloak they would give to people who begged. It was basically like their social welfare. It was dependency on his old life. It was this dependency on the earthly realm. It was this dependency on an earthly reality. It was his identity with an earthly reality. At some point, we have to believe that in order for me to step into the new thing, I've got to let go of the old way of seeing myself. I've got to let go of the old way of identifying. There's no way Jesus could ever move in my life. There's no way I could ever see them. There's no way I could be here. There's no, and I've got to step into and let go of and run to Jesus and actually see heaven's identity for me. That's why he got rid of his cloak. 
And once we decide that we are worthy to receive the miraculous in our lives, we actually start to see the miraculous in our lives. And it's not anything that we've done, it's what Jesus has done. And finally, the last question, verse 51 and 52 said, and Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Which is a funny question. And, and I've heard it taught, and I don't think it's wrong, that you know, God wants us to ask because he wants us to be in a posture of expecting from him. And I, I don't think that's wrong. But I was, I was looking up the name of Bartimaeus because I was like, that's a funny name. And I know Bar because I grew up Jewish and Catholic. I read the Torah, I, I studied Hebrew. I knew Bar meant son. And so I was like, okay, son of Timaeus, and it tells you that later, you know, it says, it says in the scripture, son of Timaeus, so it's not, you know, you don't have to grow up Hebrew to know that. But I saw that, I said, okay, what does Timaeus mean? It means highly prized, of great value, honored. You see, Jesus asks, what do you want? Because often the thing that you want is not the thing alone that Jesus wants to do in you. You see, Bartimaeus wanted sight, but Jesus wanted to restore his value. Because until his value is restored, his purpose will stay dormant. You see, Jesus doesn't just want the thing dealt with, he wants your purpose unlocked. He wants your destiny to be created. He wants you to step into something bigger than what you're just seeing. And sometimes the thing that we want is actually the key to what's next. My question is, what if your disappointment, the thing you've been praying for, the thing you've been believing for, the thing that you've been sowing into, the thing you may even thrown an offer just to believe God that he was gonna do something, what if that very thing was the key to unlocking your destiny? What if Romans 8, 28 was true, that God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose? Because we can only step into our destiny once we understand our identity. And the only time, sometimes it takes a miracle. Sometimes it takes God doing something radical for us to understand our value. Like our salvation doesn't come until we realize that Jesus, God sent Jesus the most important thing, the greatest thing, his greatest possession, his greatest prize. He sent him for us and he would have done it just for one of us. In real estate, they say that, you know, something's only worth what they're willing to pay for. And that couldn't be more true for you and I and what Jesus did. You see, Jesus was scourged 39 times for our healing because he values you. He went to the cross for our redemption because he values you. And so the last question is, why not now? Why not now? Why not now? The rest of the scripture goes on to say that he came up. He asked him, what do you want? Let me regain my sight. He said, go, your faith has made you well. But you see, when he said go, Bartimaeus didn't go. He instead, because he found his value in Jesus, he followed Jesus. It said that he went and followed Jesus. Jesus didn't expect that. He didn't ask that. Because God will deliver your miracle. God will bring you to the place of your promise without. Well, you need to follow. You need. But it's the best place you can be. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.